And welcome back to the Delaware Boys Dynasty Football Podcast. <clears throat> we are back. It has been a month since we've been in the studio. Ryan, say what's up to the people, man. I sure do miss them. Say what's up to the people. First of all, I'm just glad to be back on a podcast for once in my life. I've been joking that I was going to quit podcasting if we didn't keep, if we kept pulling this weight bullshit. Um, just me and Steve tonight. Uh, glad to get back to the basics of what this podcast was all about um, and just start pumping up content again, get back on that train and keep it rolling. Um, <clears throat> at this point, I am sad football season's over. But I'm also excited because we're about to go into combine season, then draft season. Uh, this is what we're here for, 2023 rookies. This is exactly what we're here for. This class is stacked. A lot of stack, a lot of stack talent in this class. So we're gonna we're gonna break it down little by little. Take our time with it. We got plenty of time. There's a lot of there's a lot of great prospects in this class. There's a deep class of prospects that you need to dive into, especially in the late second round, third round. There's prospects still sitting on the board that we feel comfortable talking about, feel comfortable drafting. Um, <clears throat> so tonight, me and Ryan put up a little mock draft simulation. We're going to go ones and twos all the way down the board. We're just going to cover the first 10. Keep it real simple. Keep it real, you know, real simple here. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, you touched on it before, but, like, this is really our, like, bread and butter is this whole off-season dynasty stuff. So I'm excited to get into content that we're actually, like, specialized in. I know, like, we spent a lot of time watching tape, so it's good to put that to paper and help people out a little bit. I'm excited. Um, but, yeah, just one round a day. Um but, I mean, I'd love to cover the second round at some point. I think the second round's got some sleepers as well. Huge sleepers. Huge sleepers. We were talking about it today. I mean, I mean, we will, we'll get into them later on, but there's a lot of sleepers in the second round that I'm very excited about as well. Let's do it. Welcome to the board. All right, Ryan. <clears throat> Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go one, two, all the way down to ten. You got three. I got four, five, six, et cetera. It's real simple. Real easy. Take your pick. Explain a little bit about your pick, and we'll go from there. Oh, I'm assuming this is what we're doing. Super flex. Super flex. Yep, super flex. Full PPR. Yep, full league. PPR. Um, so I'm going 101. Um, I'm taking the generation of talent I've been waiting to come out for a few years now. Uh, I'm taking Bijan Robinson, a running back. Just the absolute stud. No if ands, buts about it. Um, one of the bigger running back prospects, I think, since like maybe Saquon McCaffrey days. You can argue Brees Hall maybe a little bit, but Bijan is just different out there. And he's going to instantly translate into the league. Wherever he lands, they're going to get a superstar. Let me. Then on top of that, he's capable of. He's ready for the workload. I mean, he's he's done it in college throughout. Yeah. Um, when I think of Bijan, man, um, I can really go back and really break down some of the best running backs I've ever had the, you know, I've got the witness in college football. Jonathan Taylor, Ty Gurley, Zeke, Fournette, Barkley, Brees, like guys like that. Like um, the only difference between me and Bar between Bijan and Barkley for me would be the, uh, the size a little bit. Barkley came out at about 230. And he was running. He was running a, close to a four four. Like he was running like a four three eight. Bijan's probably going to touch low end four fours. So that's the only difference for me between the two. But Bijan's receiving ability and <clears throat> his ability just to be a monster in between the tackles and just be a monster on the field in general. He's easily my one one here. 
Yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, I think it's pretty much consensus. So I've done a few mock drafts here and there, and I feel like I haven't seen anybody but Bijan at one. <clears throat> yeah, this is where the controversy comes in. Um, I'm on the one two, and I've sold my soul for this pick in a lot of leagues. No question about it. Um, let me go ahead and get my my stud. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wanted was the it's not what I wanted. That is not what I wanted at all. So here's what I have to do. Hold on. Give you me two seconds. Screen, so it's fine. Who are you taking? I am taking uh, Bryce Young. Um, like I said, the biggest the biggest controversy is coming between Bryce Young and the person that's probably going to go one three. Um, the thing about it is, for me, when <clears throat> I watch Bryce Young play, it's hard to come up with a comparison for Bryce Young. But I see a kid who's poised, knows right. how the, he's his pocket presence and his pocket awareness is absolutely insane. Um, his ability, his ability to not only throw well out in the pocket and throw outside of the pocket well and create plays on top of that is phenomenal. Um, he doesn't have the strongest arm you'd like to see out of a quarterback, but he has no problem making any throw on the field. Um, yeah, absolutely not. He just yeah. moves well. You see it. You can see that he sees the pocket breakdown. You can see, you know, you can see that he's willing to make plays with his leg. Um, you can see that he's not looking to take those big hits. Uh, other than the Texas game last year where he had the shoulder injury, uh, sophomore year wins a Heisman, loses Mechie, loses Jameson Williams, comes back. Another phenomenal year, 66% completion percentage, 35 touchdowns, seven picks. SEC yep. competition, it's the best of the best. The kid is the best QB in the SEC, and he's the best QB in this draft class. Yeah, I agree. I've been on Bryce Young for a long time. Um, he's just got a rocket arm, and he has great pocket presence, uh, has the ability to leave the pocket, still feel comfortable throwing the rock. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Bryce. Mm. I, I mean – depending on landing spot, I mean, you know, you get in some of these teams that have these, like, not as good weapons or receivers. Depending on where he lands, he's low-end QB, one of them for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also like to talk about his, like, his, his like, ability to be a leader. You could tell at times Alabama struggled this year, Tennessee overtime loss, you know, LSU loss, things like that. This team never gave up on him. This kid is a locker room presence. He's going to come in and demand and demand that early. I just like this kid as a whole. You know what I mean? Great attitude, great work ethic on and off the field with the talent to match it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no problem. Bryce one and two at all with me. Um, but what transition one of three? Uh, the guy you touched on a little bit. Now, I'm taking CJ Stroud here because we're in a super flex, and uh, you know I do think there's some talent there. I get a little bit timid on um ohio state quarterbacks don't have the greatest track record in the nfl as far as like you know historical value goes but listen he struggled up and down this year looked great some games looked kind of average in some but i think the real important thing you look at here is he got it down to the wire with georgia and georgia's defense is about as close as you're going to get to an nfl defense like year in year out um, he went in there and did, he played great. Some of like three fifty plus yards, four touchdowns. 
against a Georgia defense that's pretty stout. And with the spotlight, too, playing for, to get to the national championship. I mean, he clawed as much as he could, but Georgia was just the absolute tank this year. Yeah, um, the biggest the biggest knock that's going to come with the with Stroud's name is, wow, Brian Hartline surrounds us surrounds us with talent every single season. Exactly, gonna, that's the my, that's the <laughs> argument I have for all quarterbacks coming out of Ohio State. They have all right. these weapons around them. They're stacked at receiver twenty four seven. Right? Am I going to be able to? Am I going to be able to prove to the league that I am a legit NFL QB? Right. Or is everybody going to ride the bias that Ohio State quarterbacks just aren't that good? Yeah. That's and the we'll question. See. I mean, his accuracy and his arm look a little bit better than most to come out. So, I mean, that's something to look forward to a little bit. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you were to ask me who do I think has the stronger arm out of the two, I think CJ has a stronger arm. I think Bryce's overall game is better than CJ's. Uh, I think Bryce's pocket awareness is obviously a huge factor. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing I had against Stroud was when he was pressured, his completion percentage dropped from 68% to 57%. In the league, when you go to a team in the top five, most likely your team's not that good. Um, will that kill his confidence early? There's a lot of things that come into play here. Uh, but as far as as far as the ability to sling the rock and the ability to the ability to make any throw on the field, Stroud does have that. No question about it. Right. Um, and here's the thing about like the league as far as like, right now, any team can go up and get a quarterback. I feel like, well, I mean, Texas is going to get theirs, but like you're going to see the Bears moving out of their pick. Uh, Colts can, can move up Titans. I mean, there's a lot of QB needy teams that can go and get any of these guys. So I'm not really looking for landing spots so much. I mean, worst case scenario, you land on a team with a bad offensive line. And like, you know, Stroud's got his complications with the pressure. I mean, that might kind of rattle him a little bit as a rookie season. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> like I said, um, a lot of people have been debating these two, um, and no, no question about it. The Georgia tape was phenomenal. That Georgia, that Georgia game was absolutely insane. He was throwing the ball all over the yard. Um, but I think between, I think between twenty twenty and now, Bryce Young has been the better QB overall. Yeah. So, I think this is right. I think this is absolutely right. Bryce Young, two, Stroud, three. Well, let me go ahead and grab my Swiss Army knife of a running back. Jameer Gibbs. Swiss Army knife. The most, honestly, the most complete dual threat back in this class. His receiving skills are insane. Um. I love this kid's talent. A lot of people want to talk about, you know, coming into the size, 5'11", only 200 pounds. I'm good with it. Um, he gives me he gives me Austin Eckler-type vibes. Um, he His game-changing speed, he has game-changing speed. I can't wait to see what he runs his 40 at. I'm going to say – I'm going to say four threes. Like, this kid is nuts. Uh, yeah. He impacts the game. If he's not impacting the game as a runner, he's impacting the game as a receiver. Uh, he has the ability to just stop and cut on a dime. His footwork is insane. I've, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, he's nasty. absolutely electric. Uh, he is he's an electric. A, he's a fun player. watch, fun tape to watch. Um, yeah, he's a home run threat anytime he touches the ball. Uh, this kid is the running back, too. Um, 
and then I have a tier break for running backs drastically after these two. Yeah, it's a it's a massive tier break. Past those two, you at that point you're kind of like hoping they work out type of deal. I feel I feel like Bijan and Gibbs are two lock in guys that are like do you pretty well. I mean, worst case scenario with Bijan with, with Gibbs is he ends up with a power back and he kind of like has a receiving role and a little third down role at start, but. Listen, man, he's great. I mean, I think he's he could be like a Swift-esque, Kamara-esque player that can go out, can rush well, effect- effectively, and also catch the little swing routes when the quarterback gets in trouble or bail out the quarterback any time that he's, that he's needed. Uh, also, kind of a sneaky for his size, kind of a, not a bad blocker, if I'm being honest with you. No, not a terrible blocker. Um, and that's what you need to be on the field. Right. Uh, I mean, honestly, you could line this dude up as receiver and as a receiver, and he would have a monster game. Like he's just that nasty of a route runner. Um, for how little he is, too, watch his tape. He runs very well in between the tackles. There are sometimes he gets arm tackled at the line of scrimmage, but most of you know, all in all, you know, his jump cuts, his one cut block, his one cuts, his one cut backs, things like that. He's fine. I can't wait to see this kid. Cannot wait to see this kid play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one hundred five, baby. One hundred five. I mean, listen. Cute to be with you. I've been. Uh, if he would consensus, if he would have played this season, I know previous last year, if he would have come out, he'd probably be up there one hundred two, one hundred three, type player. I'm going Jackson Smith and Jigba, obviously. Um, Listen, he's just an absolute animal. We get recency bias. We look at guys like Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston as maybe better than Jackson Smith. But if you go back, watch the tape from two years ago. I mean, he spent most of the season hurt. You can do about that. But you go back and look at that tape. He's an absolute dog. Outperformed Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in tape, in my mind at least. Just looking at it, like sheer tape perspective, route running, all that stuff. Um, I think he's an instant NFL lock. I mean, his targeted passer rating last year when he, well, I guess two years from now, he was at 142, which is the highest 142 passer rating when targeted, which is phenomenal, first of all. Second of all, out of all the receivers you can name that have came out of Ohio State, that's the best out of any of them. Um, Better than Michael Thomas? Huh? Better than Michael Thomas? Better than Michael Thomas. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, this guy's legit. The only small concern I have is he played out of the slot for a majority of his snaps. Um, can he be a true outside guy? I think we've kind of yet to see that. But uh, I'd be, I, mean, I think he'll end up being fine in the league. Um, <clears throat> a little bit of controversy between the two, but I am fine with Njigba here. Um, with that being said, uh, the only knock I have, like you said, is in Jigba works primarily out of the slot. Uh, played his first year in the slot with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the outside. Year uh, last year, we we rarely saw in Jigba play. Uh, not concerned at all. Talents, he's a massive talent, no question about it. Um, like you said, does he factor into any of the outside roles? Is he going to be? a true number one, or is he going to be a number one from the slot? Like, how's he going to operate? Um, I love the overall talent, though. The last game he played, any significant game he played, he had 307 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean – He's an absolute beast. He's an absolute problem. 
I mean, you um, see, you kind of see the same thing. Just to add one more thing is like Jamar Chase took that year off, and he you saw him kind of slide down boards. I just I'm just warning the people out there. I'm not saying he's gonna be Jamar Chase, but I'm just saying don't let the talent slip in your league. Absolutely, I'm all for it. Uh, like I said, I liked Njigba. I have no problem with Njigba. Um, but I'm gonna lock in my wide receiver one. This is my wide receiver one in the class. Let's do it. Gordon uh, Addison, no question about it. Um, he plays at six foot, 175 pounds, soaking wet. Small, slight frame. But this kid is explosive, and his routes are crisp. Um, to me, a Devontae Smith 2.0. That's exactly what he is. Right. Um, but – he, the only thing I've ever noticed, whether you go back and look at Pittsburgh tape, and he made Kenny Pickett look pretty good in Pittsburgh, by the way, or USC tape, um, he, he he tends to struggle with uh, press coverage against against bigger against bigger man on man corners. Um, that's my biggest knock for him for Jordan Addison. But if he's if he's being motioned, if he's being moved around the line of scrimmage, uh, this kid's unstoppable. Nobody can stay with him once we get past five first five yards in the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's there's no route that he can't run well. There's no route right. he can't beat any corner on. Um, like I said, he plays at about a four four speed. He's explosive out of his routes. He's explosive out of any break. Um, hands steadily reliable. This kid is my wide receiver one, and he's an overall. He like I said, Devonte Smith is my comparison, and he's going to be an overall monster. I've right. seen mock drafts where he's fallen to like the Chargers. I've seen him fall to Dallas. Any of those teams would be lucky to get Jordan Addison. Right. And then, I love Addison, too. He's definitely my wide receiver between this class. I just have an affinity for Jigba. I think that was an incredible season, and he's he's kind of, like, overlooked in the dynasty community right now. But as far as Addison goes, the most fascinating thing about his tape, not only does he have the ability to cut on a dime on his routes, but, like, out of those little stutter steps, he's gone. Like, his acceleration is insane. Um, the separation is available. He's like able to create in zone plays is just insane. I mean, he's just, he's different. He's a great route runner and that normally translates to the league. Is he a little bit smaller? Sure. That's fair. But like, like Steven said, Devontae Smith's out here, absolutely balling in the Eagles offense as the wide receiver too. So I think he'll be just fine in the league. Yeah, and that's only because he has a six foot three, two hundred and fifteen, two hundred and twenty pound wide receiver beside him. Um, but Devontae Smith plays that big and Jordan Addison plays that big. Right. Like 70, I don't I mean, he's out here just cooking dudes, absolutely just making dudes look stupid. And that's just that's just the comp I have for him. And the crazy part is Devontae Smith, best receiver out of Bama that year goes top 10, you're going to get a discount. Jordan Addison, I probably I don't see going in the top 15, which is crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Right. Um, but who do you want at 107, buddy? I mean, he's still here. We can get Will Levis. I mean, we're talking about a super flex here. Obviously, this isn't for our team. We're going back and forth. But, uh, yeah, give me Will Levis. Um, I'll, here's the thing. I don't mind project quarterbacks in Dynasty. Um, I think it's possible with Will Levis. 
shoot, he can come out and be just fine. Who really knows? But watching the tape, strong, strong arm. Um, Matt, he's got great NFL size. He's got zip on the ball. Um, interception to turnover rates kind of kind of rough. Uh, when you watch the tape, maybe those interceptions a little bit deserved. His decision making isn't quite all the way there yet. But get him with a good QB coach in the league. Let him sit for a year. Um, I think he's just he'll be just fine. I mean, one of those things where you just have to get him out there to see because I mean he's got he's big enough to stand up with anybody that's going to be coming at him. It's just a matter of can he hone in, get the decision making right, maybe tweak his his uh, tweak his accuracy a little bit. I'm talking upset about this, but I still feel pretty strong getting him in 107 with like the potential upside that he has available. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to knock Will Levis because I think during real draft time when it comes, I think he's going to be going to the QB four spot. I think a lot of Anthony Richardson hype is going on right now, but <clears throat> I will say this. I think this dude has the strongest arm in the class. Um, and there's no t- question about it. Yeah. I think he has the prettiest deep ball in the class. I really do. Anything, honestly, I think anything 30 plus yards, he has the prettiest ball. Um, the biggest thing is like the little mechanical things. Um, you watch him, his touch isn't the best. When the, like when right. you, this dude, yeah. when this dude throws rockets. This dude throws rockets, and there's there's no there's no give off on the ball. He's throwing rockets at five yards. He's throwing rockets at ten yards. He's throwing rockets forty yards down the field. Um, that can be a problem at sometimes. Um, I also noticed like with all this athletic ability, he's very quick, very, very quick to give up on a play and tuck in and run. Uh, yeah, right. he's too, yeah, he's two forty, but in the league, that's going to absolutely get you killed. Um, other than that, I mean, like you said, just a little mechanical things. Uh, you could see him improve on his footwork. You could see him improve on like his overall mechanics. Sometimes he'll throw out a three quarter arm slot, things like that. Not a whole, not a whole lot. Um, because I will say this: Will Levis played behind a pretty bad offensive line in Kentucky, especially in SEC play. Uh, so I can understand why he wanted to tuck it and run and try and make something happen. But yeah, yeah. an interesting QB prospect. Yeah. Um, to Spicer, that's his favorite QB in the class. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, I've heard, already heard out there, you know, Josh Allen vibes, give him a little bit of time, let him cook. Um, I'm just going to go and shoot that down and say those chances are pretty slim. But, hey, listen, 107 here, you're looking at super flex, you need a quarterback. Will Levis ain't a bad one. I know yeah. Anthony Richardson's getting a lot of buzz right now, but until I see his pro day, see his combine, see all of that, see his arm in action, I mean – Anthony Richardson made a little, little bit too questionable. So you talk about Will Levis' decision making. I I think that Richardson's is worse. Um, so until I see a little bit more out of Richardson, I'm taking Will Levis over him. The only other red flag I have because I'm a huge Penn State guy, Will Levis could not beat out Sean Clifford for playing time at Penn State. That does concern me a little bit. <laughs> That's true. I mean, but I mean, terrible comparison, but it happens all the time. Look at Joe Burrow. I mean, he was behind Ohio State quarterbacks, then he went bro, to. He, bro, he couldn't beat out Justin Fields. We're not. We're talking about Justin Fields and Sean Clifford. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> oh man. Um. I guess. 
You know what? We are Super Flex Dynasty Podcast. We are Super Flex Dynasty Podcast. This is what, the 108? This is 108. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and lock him in. Um, there's no doubt out of any three, out of any of the four QBs that we have talked about and selected here, this is the biggest project. No question about it. Um, but if we're talking about Will Levis, if you can hone all these skills, you can hone all these raw tools. I think Anthony Richardson has the, has the ceiling of a Cam Newton type quarterback. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be an an elite passer. I don't even think he's going to be a very good passer. Um, like I said, Cam, at most seasons, Cam was in low 60s, high 50 completion percentage. But he right. changed the game with his legs. And Anthony Richardson also runs with authority as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. A lot of videos are coming out where Anthony Richardson has absolute zip on the ball. Um, I don't look to buy into those too much until we see the pro days, until we see the combine workouts, things like that. His draft stock's going to rise. There's no question about it. The, right. His draft stock is rising as we speak. Um, but he's at least a year away, and he needs to be in a proper system that can teach him and that he can learn from. He can sit back and learn from a veteran. Uh, if he's thrown to the Wolves early, I think his career is done, is done early. Um, but at 108 with an upside pick here, I think he's a great pick. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. Like I said, I mean, he's getting a lot of buzz right now. You know, these fantasy quarterbacks is way different from actual football. So, like, you can get away with him rushing for, like, 800 yards, 900 yards in a season and then only pass for, like, 31, and that's still a great fantasy season. Um, Legs have been proven to help quarterbacks in fantasy more so than anything else, and I think that's what can end up saving quarterbacks like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and all this stuff to get thrown to the wolves of the league um, and make them fantasy relevant again. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great pick. He's definitely a project, though. He's not, in under circumstances, at least in my mind, he's not a day-one starter as of no. as of this year. Now, put him behind a vet, let him learn, get him involved with the offense and, and with practice and stuff, sure. Give him time. He might work out. And the thing is, is I've seen – I've seen mock drafts where he's going to the Panthers, and that scares the shit out of me, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I don't – see, that's the thing. I don't I don't know. I feel like not a guy you just, okay, we're going to draft you, and we're just going to throw you in and see what happens. And to be I mean, fair, though, I don't think – I don't think that – I think the same with Will Levis. I do not think he's year one ready. Like Levis doesn't either. No, I mean, yeah. I said that. He's got accuracy issues and decision-making. Yeah. He's got to hone in on but, before he can start. They threw Josh Allen to the Wolves early. He turned out fine. I mean, at some at one point, I did think I did wonder if Josh Allen was a starting quarterback in the league. And then, yeah, here's Josh Allen now. So, but yeah. you know what? We won't get into Josh Allen. But you're on the board at 109, buddy. Who you got? Oh, uh, so 109 comfortably taking my wide receiver three here, Quentin Johnston. Um, here's the thing about Quentin Johnston. As far as ceiling goes. He might have he might, in my opinion, have the highest ceiling for any of these receivers. A big dude. Six four, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's a massive guy. And for his size, he's sneaky agile and not a bad route runner. I mean, you see some of these bigger guys 
like DK Metcalf or any of these massive water receivers you see in this league. None of them are that, like, you know, not too fantastic out of the routes, not quick out of the routes. Addison, I mean, excuse me, Addison. Johnson has that. Um, and he's got the speed to beat you, too. So, <clears throat> he's not the... So, yeah, like I said, I like Johnston. I com- I give him a lot of comparisons to Debo. It's just like just the receiving aspect of, of Debo for uh, for Johnston. I don't think he's going to be running on the backfield. But as far as like sheer running, sheer receiving prospect, he'll be get close to like Debo type play. Honestly, man, I've had a hard time with Quentin. I can't lie. Um Whenever I go watch his tape, I'm amazed. And then whenever I go watch his tape, I'm like, Jesus, this is awful. Um, he's not a perfect prospect by any means. Um, his athletic his athletic profile alone is going to get him drafted in the first round. You right. Know what I mean, I mean right. he's 6'4", 220, and he runs a 4'4". It's insane. Yeah. But to be honest, for how big he is, he, you, his his ability to get off the line of scrimmage is insane, and he's going to beat you with the deep ball. But his route tree, like I said, it's very basic, just like DK's was coming into the league. Uh, I think I think you can fix that. But on top of that, you know, I mean, he the biggest issue I have with a big body receiver is that he doesn't know how to high point the football. Yeah, that's that's scary for me too. Yes, but that's not like I don't know. I think it'd be worked on. It can be, but at the end of the day, like any receiver, I think that's like an intangible thing that like you either have it or you don't. I think that's you know right, but that's why I, I don't want a big body receiver playing with his chest. I want him to high point the ball, go get I the want ball, him to go play strong yeah. with the ball. I want him to win the 50 50 balls. Yeah, um, use that catch radius that he has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I mean he he led the Big Twelve in drops last year. He had eight drops in 2022, and he didn't play every game. Um, so some things that he needs to work on for sure. Uh, like I said, the athleticism from this dude is insane. He is a freak. Um, but I think he has the most boom or bust potential out of the three receivers that's going to be going in the, yeah. the top three receivers in the first, like in this round right here. I agree. Um, like I said, I don't know how to put a player comp on him because he could be Nikhil Harry. He could be Josh Doxson. He could be. He could turn out to be Mike Evans. I don't know. Right. You right. know what I mean? That's the that's the only thing about him. Like, am I going to be surprised if he turns out to be Mike Evans? No. Would I be surprised if he was Nikhil Harry and washed out of the league in four years? No. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, maybe he's got some things to work on. But, you know, athletic profiles there. He's got the speed. Got the size. Like I said, he doesn't have the greatest route. He really runs, I think, efficiently runs three total routes. But when he hits them, man, sometimes that slant he's got going for him, kind of clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go on, though. Go on. We got the last pick of 110. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something different here, actually. Most people would probably go an LSU wide receiver here. I'm not going to. No Sean Boudier in the first round. Sean Tucker. Um, 
he is my running back three. Yep. He is my I running agree. back three. Um, he is a bowling ball type dude. Runs with a lot of size or runs a lot bigger than what he is. He's listed at 5'10", 205. He runs hard. Dude, does he run hard. Oh, my Lord. Um, yeah. This dude single-handedly put Syracuse on his back. Single-handedly. He was the Syracuse Orange offense. He was. Um, there's – he. his ability to bounce outside, he's more of a north-south guy. Um, he's very good with his feet, though. It, very good. Very good, man. He, and that's the thing I look for in tape a lot in running backs is footwork. He can make some. He can make people miss. He's got a little bit of mm on him. You know what I mean? He's them foot. That footwork is nice, and that's exactly what you want to see out of somebody that's right. a little bit undersized for the league. Right. Is the ability to get past people and beat them. Um, he's my running back three as of now. I'm, I haven't concluded my running backs yet, but uh, yeah, for yeah. as of right now, Tron Tucker yeah. is running back three, and he's so strong. He's so strong. At the line of scrimmage, it's going to be hard to tackle him with an arm tackle. He's going to get to the second level a lot. He run, He's explosive. He has good hands. Um, the only thing that oh, – excuse me – that Sean Tucker does not have for me is the breakaway speed to hit the home run ball. Um, he doesn't have elite speed. Uh, it's going to be harder for him to run away from defenders in the NFL. He won't have that same luxury of running against defenders in college than he will the NFL. That's the only knock I have on Sean Tucker. He doesn't play with elite game-breaking speed. Right. That's it. That's it. Everything else, solid. Solid. His forward time, time would tell us a lot that we need to know. It's going to probably be around 4-5. or five. He's in the 4-5s. He might, he might start falling a little bit. It's going to be around 4-5, or five, I assume. But believe it or not, Bijan's isn't going to be far behind him. Bijan, Bijan, they projected him to run like a four four nine. Well, I mean, he's a little bit of a different animal because he's he'll he'll just run you over if he has to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, Bijan does whatever it takes. He's got everything in his bag to get past you. So, yeah, before that's what I'm saying though. Forty times, I'm not going to be as scared from the forty time because I like Sean Tucker as a prospect. This dude, yeah. he's just a tough running back. He's a physical running back. He has everything in his game. He's a good receiver, too. He's a great receiver. Nobody talks about that as well. Yeah, I mean, like you said already, he's the absolute face of that offense for Syracuse. And the only bright spot on the team, to be honest with you. Only bright spot. So, all success out to him. But that's going to conclude, Ryan. Our uh, We're going to do just one round, and then we're going we're gonna to break it up. We got a lot to cover, a lot to cover when it comes to these to these prospects. Um, how do you feel about the first round? Do you think do you think you're going to see some differences? Maybe Levis go ahead of go ahead of Jordan Addison and Addison fall a little bit, or do you think everybody's where they probably should be? Um, you know how it goes with the dynasty community. Quarterbacks tend to rise during pro days. I could see Richardson and Levis, depending on how they do, jumping some of these position players in these superflex leagues. Um, and that will just naturally let people slip. Uh, like Levis could rise. I mean, you saw what happened with Zach Wilson, how he was supposed to be a late round first, and he rose all the way up to a top three pick in Dynasty. Um, so, I mean, you could definitely see something like that happen. And then, you know, it's always something. Whether a receiver doesn't have the greatest, like, agility in the drills or speed when it comes to these money backs receivers, that could yeah. cause to, to falter. 
Biggest um, example, Isaiah yeah. Spiller. When that dude ran a four six, his draft stock plummeted. Right, exactly. Isaiah Spiller was the running back two going into the year, plummeted. So it happens all the time. Yeah. But as of now, I think this is solid. Um, the only difference is I think Levis would go six. Addison would go seven. seven. Richardson probably stays at eight, which is crazy because you're getting Quentin Johnson at one nine. That just shows you how deep his class is. Yeah. I mean, we can keep going in the second round too. Like this is just a loaded class. I mean, even the top half of the second, we'll get into that later, but the top half of the second is still, still a juicy little area to be in. Yeah. Honestly, if you have anywhere from two, one to, like I said, I like all the second round. I'm good with any second round pick. Acquire them. Do what you have to do. They are more valuable than any second-round picks you'll normally see. Um, you're going to get some real talent here in the second round. Um, but like I said, we are going to save that. We're going to save that for our next podcast. Um, other than that, man, uh, the wife has finals to study for. So at this point, I think we're going to go ahead and sign off and tell the people sayonara. Um Guys, we we missed you. It's been a month long process. Um, had some family with some health issues, things like that. Everything's fine. We're good. We're back to football. It's what we love to do. We're here for you. Um, you have any questions? Social media, let us know. This is what we do year round. Please get oh, involved. Yeah. Get involved. Be here. Jump on the train. Get your knowledge. Listen, we may be new, but hey, we know what we're talking about. We spend too much time doing what we do, preparing for this stuff, uh, watching tape for hours on it. I know I do. I take this shit a little bit more seriously than I should. Maybe I'm just I'm just glad to be back on the pod. Uh, give the general public some more information that they might be a little bit behind on, and maybe next time we can get into some of these sleeper guys. You can get in the second. Yep. Wait till we hit the third round, then you're gonna really see some sleepers. Yeah, it'll be fun times. Um, like we said, continue to follow us on social media, like, comment, subscribe, let us know how you feel, let us know what we could do better. Um, we appreciate the support while we were out. We appreciate the support now that we're back. On that note, thank you guys. We appreciate your time. Until next time. <laughs>